two of the show, the Matt McNeil Show, AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Good to have you with us today, Matt and Patrick here. A few weeks ago, I was going to interview my next guest, uh, Kate Willett. Uh, she was a comedian. She was coming into town. Unfortunately, it didn't work out because of the snowstorm we had that day. Her flight got delayed, so we didn't have her on. But the more I started to look into her career and all the things she does, including a fantastic podcast, which I'm going to be a high recommend, especially for this audience, I was like, I got to get a time for her. I can get Kate on the air because, wow, she's uh, she's doing a lot of really cool things. So kind enough to join us right now off her busy schedule. Kate Willett is kind enough to take some time to talk about comedy as well as her podcast. Kate, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. I'm very excited to get to chat with you. Yeah. There's snow snowing in uh, New York today, but I'm not uh, trying to fly. So. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and you 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 are. I mean, you're very much an active co- uh, comedian. You're you're out. Uh, you're doing shows regularly across the country all the time, right? Yeah, that's definitely definitely true. I've been traveling a lot recently too, um, which has been really fun to get to go all kinds of different places. <laughs> let's let's start with the comedy. How, how long ago did you start doing stand up comedy? Um, I think it's been about ten years at this point. So I've been at it for a while. Yeah, I mean, hard to know how to count the pandemic time, but mostly, yeah, I guess about since like 2012 or something in there. Well, and and that's, you you, you obviously, I think from everyone, every comedian I've ever talked to that's getting success, you have to put in the hours. You have to put in the years. You have to go do the shows. I mean, the, the, the horror stories I hear from comedians in regards to some of those first few years and going on tour and stuff like that, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things, though, it, it builds you up and it gives you, if you can get through that, you come out as a comedian much stronger, much more honed, and you know, frankly, more appealing, I think, to an audience because you know how to deal with them. Yeah, I definitely think so. It's definitely one of those things where you can only really learn by doing it. Like, you know, like guitar, you can practice by yourself or something. But like comedy, you can't practice by yourself. You need the audience there. It's part of it. So definitely that's like key is performing a lot. You have had some great success. You're on Colbert. Netflix, you got some specials there. Uh, I believe Comedy Central as well. You've had some some uh, some uh, you know publicity there. You know, talk a little bit about that because clearly you are making that next step, and uh, you're you know fairly you're going to be that household name here before too much longer. Hope so. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then that way I could uh, if I if I become a household name, I could um, force my leftist politics. Uh, on uh, so many different kinds of people. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I got to imagine at least then you'll be able to afford rent. You're in you're in New, you're in New York City, right? Yeah, New York is definitely an expensive city. I lived in San Francisco before then, so uh, I'm pretty used to the expensive city thing. But it's definitely you know, it's I think the way that people live here is very different than like like probably the price of a room in New York is like the price of how much some people pay for their entire two bedroom apartment. It's like a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, you go to some place like Topeka and he's like, you can get a house for your rent. It's like, really? You get the whole thing. Wow. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Are you from New York originally? No, I, I'm from California. I was born and grew up in the LA area. And then I moved to the Bay area for college and I stayed there for a while. And now I've been in New York for, Years, but yeah, I would say I spent the bulk of my life in California for sure. What did you study at college, if I can ask? 
I was an English major, um, which doesn't really apply to anything, (laughs) Um, but it was really fun. Yeah. I went to UC Berkeley and that was a really fun time. I, you know, it was during the uh, time that the Iraq war was starting, actually. So I got a pretty good um, introduction to uh, political things like at at an early, early age, because I was really involved in. Uh, protesting and um, I met a lot of people right away that knew a lot more than me and so that was kind of the thing that politicized me was getting to be there at that time. So you're you're an English major out of California at what point do you say to yourself you know what I'm hitting the stage I'm going to try doing this? Well I went to an, I was doing a lot of like theater and I just went to an open mic one night because I thought okay, this would be a cool thing to try, you know, another type of performance. But I just ended up liking it way more. Um, Because, I mean, I still love theater. It would be really cool to get to do a play again Mm -hmm. at some point. But I I definitely like the element of, like, stand-up that is, like, writing jokes. It's it's really fun to get to be able to decide on what you're going to say. You know, <laughs> well, and you come from L.A., so is this always in the back of your mind? You, you know, I know a lot of people that come out of uh, you know Southern California. They've got you know theater. They've done this thing. They've got the entertainment industry, and they end up sometimes gravitating towards that, even after they've you know gone down other career paths. Was that always something in your mind, or is this really just something that you know it, it just kind of developed? You know, if anything, I think that. You know, it actually living in L.A. sort of made me, like, resistant to that stuff. Like, I think that's probably why it took me so long, because I really wanted to do stand-up when I was younger. But I just really, like, didn't, you know, I was, like, I did not like the whole, like, celebrity culture and all that stuff. Um, and so even when I was doing theater, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do the most authentic theater in a small basement and no one's ever going to see it. And, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> but then, you know, like, I mean, like, I, I still don't really love like the kind of like entertainment industry culture at all, but I, I do like doing stand up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's worth, worth it. You know, if I can ask if you could, you said you wouldn't mind doing theater again. If you could do one role in theater, which, what would be the role that you would do? Is there one on the top of your mind? Oh, you know, this is so dorky, but I love Shakespeare so much. Mm. Um, so, you know, there's definitely like, a bunch, but um, I've always liked Winter's Tale a lot. Hermione mm-hmm. would be really fun to play. Um, trying to think of like what other ones would be really cool. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, just like I just I love Shakespeare. It'd be fun to be, um, it'd be fun to be in Macbeth. Lady Macbeth would be a really fun one. I know actually I'm not supposed to say that the theater superstition is that you're not supposed to say Macbeth at all, but (laughs) you know, I just, I love like, I love elevated language and I love, you know, like getting to, uh, to do that stuff, even though it's pretty (laughs) dorky, but I mean, I, I love other theater too. I definitely love contemporary theater as well. Oh, well, I, I'm with you hundred percent. Uh, the Guthrie here in Minneapolis is going to be putting on Hamlet here before too long. And I got tickets for that. I mean, I just, you know, you see a good, it's easy to still fall in love with these classic plays because you know they're they're classics. I mean, and so I can completely understand, uh, your, your attachment and your draw to those, those plays. 
Yeah, it's it's kind of great. You know, it's like I think all the time about, you know, like how I mean, this is going to take a little dorky tangent, but I think all the time about like how prescient Shakespeare was like there's this play like Twelfth Night. Yeah. Um, that's one that a lot of people have heard of and, you know, probably seen the movie even in some cases. And because, like, the premise of the play is that there is this woman and she's, like, washed away on the shore and she ends up, like, dressing up as a guy and pretending to be uh, a guy to, like, serve this duke for her own protection. Anyway, the duke, he is in love with this other lady, Olivia, and sends the woman Viola who's dressed up like a guy to go try to, you know, get get the get Olivia to like the Duke. But Olivia ends up falling in love with the woman that's dressed up as a guy. And it's just like <laughs> this thing basically that I still find so relatable, which is like when I'm dating like guys, I'm like, man, if this was like like I just want them to have like a like a woman's soul <laughs> and to have that level of emotional insight and funniness and stuff. And it's just like he just kind of Shakespeare just kind of got that that is like a thing that like <laughs> that there is sort of a, a like a a tragedy of like women loving guys that would it, it would like it would be so much better to just say we're like women, you know, in some way. And it's just a funny thing how insightful he was about stuff even now, you know? Well, no, 100%. I mean, I think Shakespeare, if he was around today, be, you know, the character would be, you know, the, the boyfriend, you know, wanting to be boyfriend would be screaming J E T S jets, jets, jets. While the other person <laughs> is like, would be there sort of like, you know, um, let's, let's sit down and talk about, you know, you know, our, you know, where, where do we want to go on a, vaca- a hiking vacation and that, that you, where you want to go. It's not where I want to go where do you want to go that sort of thing i think that that would be very relatable today and you're exactly right for a playwright that wrote so many years ago he still his insight into the human nature still resonates like a, a, a fresh rock that hit the pond today you know it just it's it is right there yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Kate Willett's kind enough to join us right now. Now you, you're of course stand up comedy. You're getting a lot of success there. I got to get, and I want everyone who's listening to me right now. You need to go find this podcast, Reply Guys, because you made a decision. You decided to do a podcast where you basically you are on the very progressive side of things here, and you do not shy away from the issues. Oh yeah, you know it's definitely um, like a it's definitely like a socialist podcast, <laughs> and I mean, but we have you know I mean we have all different types of people on, but you know usually like we focus on you know like socialist and progressive issues, like for example, like everyone being able to have housing or universal health care, or you know we've been doing um, some episodes recently um, on uh, you know police defunding and abolition and stuff. I mean, and it's like, I think for listeners that, you know, there's probably people that listen to the show that don't, you know, agree with like every single thing, but the the guests we have on are always extremely well-informed and can give, you know, an insight uh, into the topics that we discuss that are not, you know, necessarily available, like, you know, on, uh, you know, Pod Save America or MSNBC and stuff. So, I mean, I, I'm I'm glad that we can like, you know, particularly have like activists and um, you know people who are just not necessarily going to be interviewed on you know regular 
you know, media. So that's a really rewarding part of it for me. One of the things I like about your podcast is how you, you, like I said, you are out there on the far left. You basically don't shy away from that. But what you do is you present the argument in such a, you know, an understandable way, whether it's, you know, issues of food, medicine, shelter, whatever the case may be, you know, you know, and you see it. I mean, you're in New York, San Francisco, two of the largest cities in the country. This is this is becoming more and more of an urban country. These are issues which, you know, that 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 are, are going to need to be addressed and and need to be talked about. And but I think you, you said it is that there's a lot of people that will shy away from these topics. Because, oh, well, that just sounds like, you know, socialism, oh, Bernie Sanders, whatever the case may be. The reality is, is that these are issues where we are, as a society, are failing our citizens because we are not looking at people, how we can we can make the world better on on such a base level of food, shelter, water, you know, health care. I mean, and, and I think that that is – I really do appreciate that because – I think you guys convey these issues very with with good broad appeal. Thank you. Yeah, it was really important to me always to be, you know, accessible and you know, I think that there definitely around, you know, 20, 2016, 2015, 2017, like there, you know, were a lot of like leftist leftist media started emerging and like where our show like where I really wanted to go with it was just like you know, having it be for people that are, you know, the, the can, can, people can enjoy it at any sort of experience or uh, exposure level to these topics at all. You know, like it's not like it's it's not something that you have to like have a lot of information coming in or any or anything like that. It can be, you know, maybe like the first kind of leftist perspective you've heard on that topic and like people aren't going to use like jargon and you know mm -hmm. it's just like talking about it like just in a way that you know everyone can can understand and you know we do try to i think have a lot of you know women on the show uh a lot of people of color on the show and just make sure that you know there are like just that it's a chance to to hear some perspectives that are often i think sidelined even from yeah. you know leftists leftist media not on purpose maybe but just you know it's like this thing where you know it just sometimes you just look at who gets on a show and or is like talking in the media and it just ends up being like a overrepresentation of of uh, white dudes even if no one's doing that on purpose you know well no i'm gonna say guilty as charged because i mean i do a progressive i'm on the progressive voice of minnesota i am a you know definitely a, a, a on the left side of things but the reality is is i know there are sometimes where i'll shy away from an issue because i don't know if i can convey it correctly you show me with your podcast that no you can and as a big white guy, yeah, that's that's also. I mean, I try to to try to be understanding the the, the my position and the, the fact that I need to make sure the other voices are heard. I think that's so important. One of the things too, I mean, it's it's not like you need to. I mean, New York is is such a melting pot of of topics you can talk about there. But I, I imagine with your career, you're you're flying around Minneapolis. You know, you can come here and learn about you know bad policing for God's sakes. You know, you can go yeah, to absolutely. You can go to you know say you know Denver 
Denver or Austin or or Detroit. And I imagine once you get into those cities that it gives you an interesting perspective because there might be an issue that you you find there that, okay, this isn't getting covered here, but this is a good one to bring up on the podcast. Yeah, you know, one of the things that really – I definitely, in traveling around the country, have gotten – I think I've been fortunate to get to hear – you know, a lot of like perspectives from people that I'll, I'll give you a concrete example. Like I think that when Donald Trump got elected, you know, obviously I hate him and stuff. Hopefully that's okay to say. Yo, podcast, but, <laughs> knock uh, yourself out. Yeah. You know, but people were like, I think, you know, talking about these states that voted for him and, you know, like just talking about like the people who live there, like they were all just really conservative and, and I've gotten to go to a lot of those states and, you know, there are a huge number of like young leftists and progressives and people who really do not like what's happening at all, you know, and like, it's just not a monolith in any of those places. Like there are, you know, people who are really, you know, organizing fighting back and you know sometimes the way unfortunately that it works out with votes especially with like gerrymandering is that the conservative side of stuff uh wins out like in the polls in the end but like i've met some really great lefties in texas and unfortunately you know like when it comes to things like reproductive health like the people in those states that did not vote for those policies like you know, they're, they're suffering from that. And I think it's like, we really need to, to stand in solidarity with them. And, you know, that's sometimes when I see people say like, you know, when something bad happens in Texas, everyone goes online and it's like, well, you voted for this. It's like, well, a lot of people did it, you know, well, a lot of people did it. Um, so yeah, that's, I think the main thing that I've gotten out of traveling for sure. Uh, Reply guys, uh, is the podcast. It's pretty much available everywhere, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll podcast platform. I will also mention your Audible original, Dirtbag Anthropology, that you've got Thank out you. there. You're nicely done on that as well. Uh, people can find that. I'll put a link out for that a little bit later on afterwards. Um, I do also want to advise people to follow you on Twitter. I was enjoying today your no-holds-barred, incredibly correct evaluation of of the way that Silicon Valley and the tech sector works today is that if you have this idea that it's still like these 1980s leftist tech people, it's not. It's basically this far right, you know, you know, capitalist, corporatist, you know, extremism that basically has gotten very good at selling their ideas like they're liberal, but they're really not. I, I will you know, encourage people to follow you on Twitter as well, because I think you you got some great insight there. I think, thank you so much. Yeah, living in the Bay Area for a long time, I definitely feel strongly about uh, the the tech stuff. It, you know, it affected, affected me, affected my friends. And, you know, a lot of these, like, venture capitalist weirdos are actually funding pretty far right stuff in San Francisco, you know, um, like PACs, like the recall of, uh, you know, Chesa Boudin so that these people could, you know, bring back um cash bail and you know bully on house people and stuff and you know i think it is really important what um for people to know what's happening there because when we think about you know what's right wing a lot of time we think about you know ron DeSantis, but 
some of these like libertarian tech type people have really uh, put a new spin on it that makes it you know much much harder for liberals to recognize for what it is. I think exactly, you know? it's the stuff that's going on in the shadows, which is really kind of scary. Uh, Kate Willett uh, is on uh, in Twitter. It's K A T E W I L L E T T. I'll link to that as well a little bit later on. Uh, you're not in Minneapolis anytime soon. Where are you going to be at on the road here for your comedy? Well, okay, on April 1st, I am going to be at Fairfield Comedy Club, and then I'll be at, in April, uh, I'll be at the Moon Tower Comedy Festival in Austin, um, and then I have a bunch of other stuff coming up. I'll be, you know, all throughout, um, just really all around the country over the next few months, so definitely follow me on Twitter or on Instagram at kate.willett. I, I do a lot of uh, promotion of my shows on Instagram, so uh, yeah, follow me there. All right. Uh, I'll link to everything a little bit later on. You come back to Minneapolis, you're more than welcome anytime to come on my show. It's been an absolute privilege chatting with you, Kate. Thank you so much. You too, Matt. I really appreciate it. And have a great afternoon, everyone. Thank you. Kate Willett, kind enough to join us. Uh, I'll link, Like I said, I'll link to everything a little bit later on, including Reply Guys, that great podcast. You should be following that and listening to that. Let's take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950.